Hi, I'm Kevin Alvis with Big Talk Podcasts. I believe that everyone needs to treat themselves for a job well done. Whether it's surviving a workday jam-packed with mind-numbing meetings, or that five-mile bike ride down the lake with your friends, nothing says, I fucking crushed this, like a delicious cold beer. And there's no finer place to treat yourself than Chicago's northernmost taproom, Howard Street Brewing. Just steps from the Howard Street Red Line, Howard Street Brewing offers a cozy 37-seat taproom that's perfect for catching up with old friends or making some new ones. And don't let their one-barrel system fool you. It's perfectly pumping out a rotating menu of amazing beers like Roger's Proud Pale Ale, the Better Late Than Never Pilsner, and the This Is What Happens Larry Belgian Saison. Not sure what to try? Get a flight. Try them all. Like that beer and want some for the after party? Grab a few growlers for the road. You want some sweet merch with your beers? They've got hats and t-shirts ready for you too. So if you're in Chicago or planning a trip to Chicago, be sure to check out Howard Street Brewing. Open Tuesday through Sunday. No cash, cards only. Oh, and did I mention that there's entertainment every Tuesday night and trivia every Wednesday night? Oh, 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 and did I mention that you can have food from all the local spots delivered right to your table? Oh, 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 and did I mention that they're pet friendly? This place is the shit. So check out Howard Street Brewing, located at 1617 West Howard Street in Chicago and at howardstreetbrewing.com. Be sure to tell them Big Talk sent ya. They make okay. these shorts, they put them out on YouTube, and now they've got them uploaded and they've upgraded it to like an actual show. I think they do still upload new content to YouTube first and then it gets to the Disney Plus platform. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they remove it from YouTube after it's on Disney Plus. They're like, hey, yeah. this is free. You want to watch it for a minute? Oh, your kids are addicted? Now pay us. They pay us. We're Disney. Disney's the new big tobacco. That's true. It's true. It's not true. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not true. Everybody's got a little thing to say about the stuff they love. Pop culture. Rebel and man are gonna teach their dads. Phil and Dylan if they're willing. If they're willing to. Hop on pop culture. Hop on pop culture. Hop on pop culture now. A couple old friends are gonna ask their kids about books and movies and TV shows. And those two guys might open their eyes and see it's all just a big surprise they're gonna hop on they're gonna hop on i gotta follow up how how are you how are you recovering a week later from your vasectomy a, a week later was it a week no <laughs> It's been a, it's been almost six weeks, my friend. Oh, I was listening to the My Little Pony episode today, <laughs> yeah. and that's why I thought it was. That's more, why it was. It was a week me. later. Yeah, things are fine. I got to go give my sample soon. But they let you do that at home, right? You don't have to go into. Yeah, the- yeah, you, yeah. It's you have to do it at home, and then you have to take it in within like two hours. So yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. because they have a short shelf life. You got to get exactly. Them. You got to get up real quick if they're in there, which hopefully exactly. Hopefully they're not. Hopefully it's just a pile of stuff. It's just the same stuff, just without the the just without the swimmers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I learned a lot about vasectomies and ponies from that episode. (laughs) Well, good. I'm glad. That's what we're here for: vasectomies and ponies. Dylan, I've just about finished up my basement. Yeah, I'm so excited for you. It It looks flooded last September. Sewer water, poop floating Uh, in it. It was awful. Yeah. I had to gut the whole thing. Yeah. But I got walls up. It's painted. It looks like it's from the 70s, but I built oh. it. It exists. I'm very yeah. pleased. 
And when you make it look like the 70s, it makes it feel that much better as opposed to when you move into a place that looks like the 70s. You know, my basement growing up in Wisconsin, we had one room in the back. It was a storage room mostly, and it had orange shag carpeting. There was even a support beam in the middle of the room connected to one of the I-beams that's Mm -hmm. connected to the foundation. And that, for some reason, that column was also wrapped with the same orange carpeting. And that was the the room. Yeah, the floor was all covered with it. The pole going up to the I-beam in the ceiling was yeah, covered in it. We I called that room it. the orange room because of the shag carpeting in it. That was the room after we all graduated high school and college and so like that when we were still bumming around home. That's the yep. room we would go down to and smoke a little illegal weed at night. Yes. And we we thought we were so slick, but our dad knew. Well of course. He knew. Of course. He had to read that seventies show of you. And he got he got a good one over us one Christmas. I'll tell you why. Yeah. Before he sold that house, he redid those basement areas took out that old shag carpeting, made mm-hmm. it a lot like nicer, more utilitarian for whoever moved of course, in yeah. next. And he took that orange shag carpeting and he cut it into squares and then he framed it and then he gave us all <laughs> a square of the carpeting and was very slyly like, yeah, well, I thought y'all might miss that room. Ooh, wink, boy. wink, nudge, nudge. Nice. Love it. Love it. Yeah, recently when I was up visiting my folks i found my dad's rolling papers and i was like hey look at that rolling papers what do you know and of course they're neil young rolling papers and i was like oh cool is this a collector neil young neil young rolling papers like are they rolling papers with neil young's face on them or did he just endorse this brand it's his brand so it's something he sells through his website it was like oh cool and then of course it was opened and it was half gone and i was like ah yes there you go dad and then I found out that he had just smoked up in his den almost our entire lives. <laughs> there were just times where we weren't allowed to go into that room. It was like, ah, uh, yes, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> Isn't it great having revelations about your parents as you get older? Oh, absolutely. I can't wait for our kids to have revelations about us. I know. I know. It's going to be very exciting. <laughs> maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe. Maybe if they go maybe back not. and listen to this. Hey, we have nothing to hide. We have nothing to hide. Malcolm. Everything you need to know about your father, you can learn from this podcast. I love you. That's all I have to say. Rebel, I am your father, and I am an enigma wrapped in a dream. You will never fully understand <laughs> depths of my soul. I'm just kidding. I'm really simple. I love D&D <laughs> and video games, and I just like chilling on the couch with you, kiddo. Yeah, love you. great. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. We have to talk about pop culture stuff. Yeah, we do. We do. And I have, it's my turn to pick. And I have picked something that I have watched all of multiple times. I have some strong opinions about the characterization of some of these very well-known characters in this thing. Dylan, have you ever had the pleasure of watching the show Spidey and His Amazing Friends on Disney Plus? I have watched a single episode of Spidey and his amazing friends. And I have read a novelization of said episode about 500 times. It is a golden book of that single episode. And it is the first episode. I think 
in, of the entire series. Are they all picking their names? No, it's not. It, it's with Rhino. So, like, Aunt May goes to get ice cream for them, and while the, she's out getting ice cream, Rhino attacks, and then they all have to figure out, you know, how to solve the problem of, you know, Rhino's attacking. Which Spider-Man's powers do we use to get Rhino? And that's oh, so it. they're looking how to, they're, they're figuring out how to work as a team. They are. But that, honestly, it's the only episode we've seen we saw it when we were on staying in a hotel on the Disney Channel, and then I was like, "Oh, cool!" A few weeks later, I tried to show Mal another episode, and it just so happened that the first one popped up was the same one that we watched. About a month after that, he went to the library and found a copy of the book and wanted to check it out, and we've been reading it ever since. And that is the extent of my knowledge of this show. It's so I can tell you everything episode. about that one episode. I know it very well. Anything that happens before or after, no idea. Great. Well, I've seen it all a bunch, so I'm yeah. glad you're not going in completely <laughs> blind this week. But to paint a picture for those who haven't seen it, Spidey and His Amazing Friends is an entirely CGI cartoon. It's about 22 minutes long, split into two stories, each about 11 minutes, because that's what 22 divided by two is. <laughs> math the characters are spider-man peter parker spin miles morales and spider gwen or ghost spider ghost spider. gwen stacy but they are not the young adult or high school senior versions that we see in the movies or the comics they are children they are children and they all have these different powers spin can shock people and become invisible Ghost Spider has a web suit that allows her to glide. I suppose the others could make that, but, you know. <laughs> but that's her power. Yeah, that's, that's, what that's, her, that's her thing. Oh, someone <laughs> getting up real high and flying. I guess, you know, I guess they're sort of taking traits from different kinds of spiders. Yeah. Did you know spiders can do that? They just, like, release some that, silk from their yeah, butts, and, and then, then and they it's fly almost like into flying. the sky, and they can go yeah. wherever they want. It's nuts. I've gathered that Peter Parker is just kind of the leader, right? De facto, I mean, he's Peter Parker. He's Spider-Man yeah. number one. He's the OG, also, yeah. you know, he's the white male in the group. So of course, yeah. Disney is <laughs> so he's the leader. To that. Now, I I didn't want to bring that up, but yeah, that's that is true. So yeah, now they have episodes where you know Gwen and Miles both have their time to shine and they do act as a group and peter often learns lessons about you know making sure he's being more inclusive with his crewmates not crewmates with his co-superheroes spider mates spider mates i like that yeah he's learning how to work better with his spider mates and they and they always seem to find out much like my little pony there it is again that friendship is magic and working together is <laughs> what helps you out now the animation style let's start with that because yeah this is one of those shows that has about three different set pieces. Uh -huh. They rendered in their computer a, it's a really <laughs> tiny version of Central Park, Peter's house, mm -hmm. and a museum. This is These are like the three set pieces in the first season. If it doesn't take place in the museum, in Central Park, or at Peter's place, it didn't happen. I just noticed it's kind of a lazy trick that they do. I understand why they do it. You know, They've been doing it for decades, probably, just yeah. drawing backgrounds and saving them for different things. And there's that old Simpsons joke where the cartoonist talks about how, oh, sometimes we use the same background, and then they spend two minutes walking through the same background just silently as they're just commenting. So it's the same thing, you know? It's a cost-cutting measure. Yeah, uh, I get it. But at the same time, I wouldn't mind them going to a different part of the city or a part of the city that looks like the city. That was one thing that struck me about the book versus that one episode, is that in the book, they go to more places than they do in the episode. Yeah, because you can draw it in a book. You can't 
afford to render all that in the computer. They do. As the series goes on, they do wind up rendering more places so that they can go to different spots. They wind up rendering a warehouse, which is nice. It's good to have a blank warehouse to trap a villain in, you know. But the characters, they look kind of like Funko Pops, but with smaller heads. Like if a Funko Pop didn't have the exaggerated squareness of the head that's kind of what they look like i would say do you agree with that oh completely completely it's it it drives me bonkers <laughs> just looking at it i don't know something about that style of animation just doesn't do it for me so it's a little weird it's it's very similar to the animation from like blaze and the monster machines and especially the star wars young jedi show that just dropped on May. that just dropped yeah it looks it's, the same it looks so much like it the story is placed exactly like it the writing feels like it these two shows feel very similar like the same team got to work on both a marvel property and a star and wars star wars which is all disney properties now and i mean i guess that makes sense because all of these movies are starting to blend together a little bit like all the marvel movies are starting to blend together for me so there are some connections even in with the young voice cast because these are very young voice actors doing the voices of these children they are children themselves the voice of peter parker is benjamin valet young dude he has also done the voice of baby sonic in the sonic the hedgehog movie with james marsden and jim carrey okay next we have the voice of miles morales which is jakari fraser and he is in blaze in the monster machines he is the main character aj then we have ghost spider played by Lily Sanfilippo. She was in Turning Red. She's done a bunch of like other on-camera stuff, too. Carrie Walgren plays Detective Stacy, Gwen Stacy's mom. Carrie Walgren's been in just about everything. She's been in Trolls. She's been in Star Wars. This is one of the most prolific voice actors of our time. Also, one of the most prolific voice actors of our time, Dee Bradley Baker, is Ooh. the voice of Tracy, the robot spider the robot computer spider. with an AI system that Peter built to help them monitor and respond to crimes. This guy's been in everything. He's in SpongeBob, Young Jedi Adventures, Patrick Star Show. He was in The Crew, Big City Greens. And like, they're just, this dude is everywhere. Does Tracy the spider speak at all, or is it just the beeps and the boops? The robot speaks. The kids are usually off doing something with setting up some sort of moral lesson, like take your time with things. Don't do too much at once. Oh, it's always better to stop and take a breath before we get angry at our friends. And usually once true. they start, you know, having that problem, that's when the spider alert goes off and says, Oh, hey, look out, look out. The green goblin is stealing a magical crown from the museum. Oh, all right, Spideys, let's do it. And then they like all jump into their costumes and run to the only other set piece on the show, the museum. <laughs> By the way, all the villains are also children. Great. All the yeah. villains are also children. Like the superheroes are children and they have parents. And the supervillains are children and they do not have parents. Oh, of course. Yeah. I don't know if they are intending to send a message with that or if it's that's the reason for their villainy. But we have a smorgasbord of classic Spider-Man villains, most of whom have been interpreted very poorly for this show. <laughs> the poor rogues gallery of Spider-Man. You tell me a Spider-Man villain, I, I will tell you if they are in the show. Great. Electro. Electro is in the show. Starting in season two, Electro is in the show. Electro is actually one that I don't mind so much. Oh, Electro cool. in this Spider-Man iteration is a young girl. Nice. She's super powerful. She can charge herself. She can electrify things. Usually she zaps some mm -hmm. of the electricity and it speeds up to an unsafe speed and spiders have to deal with that. 
But that, yeah, that's that's Electra right there. She only wants electricity and power, and she just kind of doesn't care how she affects the people around her. That's how they've interpreted that villain. Do you have another favorite villain from Spider-Man, Dylan? I mean, I love Green Goblin. Green Goblin, they call him Bobby for some reason. Like They've given him an affectionate okay. nickname. And uh, he just Ugh. wants to steal. That's his whole thing. He just wants to steal everything, and occasionally he wants to release stink bombs in the park so that no one can enjoy the park. That's it. Just wants to steal and ruin people's days. Kind of what you would expect from a children's version of the Green Goblin. We're not getting Willem Dafoe here. Oh, <laughs> well, I would be so surprised. Right? Oh, that would be great. Willem Dafoe's Goblin versus Spidey and his amazing friends. <laughs> that would be pretty incredible. Now that I think about it. Oh. Okay, so what about someone like Sandman? Is oh, Sandman... Sandman's the worst iteration. Oh, really? Sandman okay. is the worst interpretation of this character that I have ever experienced in any... Like, Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire, the same Raimi yeah. movie, that one was a little rough, you know? They were trying to yeah. do a lot, didn't quite work out. I thought Thomas Hayden Church's Sandman was a really interesting choice, it, but they didn't really let him, I don't know, they didn't really let him shine so much. It just well, got and little... I like that they brought him back, though, in, in the most recent Spider-Man, you know? I, I enjoyed that. And in the comics, Sandman is sort of a tragic character, you know? Oh, absolutely. He like, dies absolutely. in an industrial accident, but somehow his unending love for his daughter imbues the sand around him, him, and he yeah. becomes the Sandman. Which is a great backstory right 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 so you know he's sort of conflicted yeah he's you know he's not going about things the right way but he's doing it for family and he's doing it out of love and maybe spider-man can talk him out of it not in this show no he is just straight up a ridiculous narcissist that is his entire character he blocks traffic with a giant wall of sand until everyone tells him that he is the best. He oh, wrecks everyone's on. sand sculptures on the beach so he can erect his own massive castle and drive everyone away because he is the best. Oh, you know what this playground needs? More sand! Yeah. Oh, and he's like, making like his voice. The voice actor is just chosen this way of speaking. It's just so smarmy and stuck oh. up. And like, there are no redeemable qualities to this character yeah. in this iteration. He just shows up, wants validation, and yeah. causes problems. That's the entirety of the Sandman character. Dylan, they ruined him. Oh, boy. Okay. They do have Doc Ock. Perfect. Doc, Doc Ock is Ock. Rebel's favorite. Rebel oh, nice. okay. loves the villains because, you know, she's chaotic and we love that. Yeah. Hey, Mal loves all villains right now, too. Batman, Joker is still his favorite. So, wow. Yeah. It's okay now, but if it's still his favorite when he's like a struggling sophomore in college, you might have to talk to him a little bit. Yeah. She loves Doc Ock because Doc Ock invents things and steals things. Actually, I have a direct quote from her because we were talking with her earlier oh, yeah. about this. I said, hey, daddy's going to talk about Spidey and his amazing friends. What's your favorite? And Rebel said, and I quote, we wrote this down. I love Doc Ock because her steals stuff. And do you know what Spidey I love? Actually, it's all of them because they have different colored webs. Wow. That's Rebel's take on it. That's great. She That's absolutely, great. Yeah, she loves the different colored webs. Uh, but yeah, so you know, uh, Black Cat is also in it. Are you familiar with Black Cat? I vaguely, yes. Vaguely. Okay, so Black Cat is a villain who is a thief. Spider-Man has romantic entanglements with her in the comics and everything. She's usually drawn quite 
gratuitously buxom. Mm-hmm. She's incredibly hard to catch in those Spider-Man video games that I like playing. Mm. But in this one, she's just she's a kid and she's just a kleptomaniac. She can't help herself. She sees something shiny. She wants it. And if she wants it, she takes it. She just has no impulse control. But she does have a moral compass and she's the only one of the villains who actually do. Does it get into like Venom or anything like that? It hasn't yet. No. I don't know how deep into the lore they're yeah, going to go. I, I, mean, I was going to say, that might be, yeah, because it's for kids, doing a Venom thing might be impossible. Rebel has seen things with Venom, though. Like, there was a Lego Spider-Man with Venom, and she watched mm-hmm. that, and she liked it. And again, her favorite was Venom, because yeah. for some reason, children love bad guys. It's true. It's true. I don't know why. I can't explain it. It's it's not. <laughs> Hopefully, they knock it off, start liking heroes instead. Nah, it's okay. Maybe sometimes you gotta like the bad guy. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. I love the Joker, too. Well, they'll realize after they watch Star Wars that it's all a matter of perspective. That's right. Yeah. Which is the more important lesson, anyways. I suppose. And, you know, the lessons in this show are very simple, but yeah. what I want to talk about, aside from the very simple lessons taught in the yeah. show, it's everything's fine, you know? It's like, oh, get along, be nice, share, don't mm-hmm. steal, that kind of thing. Super Perfect. basic, you know? Nothing offensive in any of these messages that I found. So what I find more interesting than that is the theme song. theme song is an earworm it will stay in your head if your brain goes blank for even a moment you're gonna start singing to yourself for some reason that opening theme song is just so catchy and so good and it rocks and i realized today why that is why is that because it is performed by patrick stump of fallout boy is it really it no is way. yeah yeah and it sounds like it too like i've yeah. tried to place okay, this cool. forever and there we go there it is yeah all right that's pretty sweet i like that uh pop quiz hotshot yeah spidey and his amazing friends completely original or a reboot i am assuming a reboot it, actually you're right it is it is a oh nice a, okay great hey original. i got something right you, you did you get a gold star Woo-hoo. alexa add gold stars to the shopping list <laughs> no it's a remake of a show that ran from 81 to 86 so before no our times called spider-man and his amazing friends so this is a show from 1981 is where Spider-Man teams up with Iceman and Firestar. So an ice-powered superhero and a fire-powered fire. superhero. And together they save the day over and over and over from the likes of Doctor Doom. Sometimes they help out Captain America and the Avengers. But okay. yeah, this is not this is a reboot of a show from the 80s, but instead of going with fire and ice folks, they decided, hey, we've just had some big, you know, success in the Spider-Verse with in the yeah. Spider-Verse. Why don't we use the three very popular spider people we have right now and make them the main characters instead and i honestly i think it's a little like you know it was that old hanna Barbera style animation you know what i'm talking oh, about oh yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah. this stuff where i mean even even when we were watching it for the first time as kids i was like this is kind of hard to watch yeah oh exactly. i know which locker is gonna open it's the one that's colored slightly differently yeah exactly exactly yeah this started out on youtube and it was made for you know 
Disney, but they were putting it on the internet, started out with some shorts, and those shorts are also available on the Disney Plus app. Okay. And this is why I think it was the same team, because it's the exact same formula as the Young Jedi Academy, mm-hmm. or whatever it's called, that new Young Jedi show that they just released, because they also released a series of shorts that introduces you to each character and a significant villain, mm-hmm. and sort of sets things up for you, and Spidey and his amazing friends have those shorts. Oh, hey, that was what the disconnect was, because the first episode, they've already figured out all that stuff because they had the shorts to figure it out in. Uh, that's why when uh, you put on the first episode, they weren't forming already. They were already yeah. working together. Yeah, that's that why. That makes so sense. They make okay. these shorts, they put them out on YouTube, and now they've got them uploaded and they've upgraded it to like an actual show. I think that they do still upload new content to YouTube first and then it gets to the Disney Plus platform. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they remove it from YouTube after it's on Disney Plus. They're like, hey, yeah. this is free. You want to watch it for a minute? Oh, you're kids are addicted now pay us pay us we're disney disney's the new big tobacco that's true it's true it's not true yeah no it's not true it's not true they're a, they're a big corporation true. which makes them inherently evil but given their villains that they're up against lately i find myself rooting for them yeah and i mean half their villains because the other half of their you have the ron DeSantis, but then you also have the writers which are technically a villain in their story right now Oh, which, you know, there are. Yeah, heroes. no, we side with the writers. We side with the writers completely. We side with the writers. We do not side with the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, but the writers, absolutely. Yeah. Well, there's your liberal moment of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> A liberal moment. <laughs> oh, so, Dylan, now that you've heard about Spidey and his amazing friends, what do I want to watch it? Yeah. Do you want to watch more of it? I, I do. I do. And I've been, the thing is, Phil, since I saw that first episode, I have been begging Mal to watch it. Like, we'll go on Disney Plus at night to watch his entertainment media for the day. And every single time, the first thing I ask is, hey, do you want to watch Spidey? And he does not. He is not about it. But he wants to read the book. He wants to read that book over and over and over again. So I know he would like it if he sat down and watched it. Why don't you put it on and trick him by putting on that episode that he likes? Well, see, that's what I was thinking. And then just let it autoplay. Just yeah. let it go. See if he yeah. picks it up. Yeah, I really want to. So I I might just end up doing that secretly and just be like, hey, look at this show we're watching in the background. This is a show for dad, not a show for Mal. And then he'll be Oh, I don't know if you can handle this. Spidey and his amazing friends. Yeah. I really think you can only handle Ant-Man and his mediocre friends. Exactly. (laughs) Ant-Man and his mediocre friends. Yeah, that's going to be the next one. Polka Dot Man and his sinister acquaintances. Ah, there you go. So we talked about the villains, and now I'd like to talk heroes. Not the the main three that we already talked about. So whenever it's a Hulk episode, one of the lessons is almost always like, how can I be gentle or how can I calm down? And I really, I've used that with Rebel. I've been like, hey, I'm going to do what Hulk does, and I am going to take some deep breaths. Mm, I'm going to mm-hmm. count to five. Yeah, we'll have to try that because Mel's thing now is when he gets upset, he'll say, I don't want to take a deep breath, which is <laughs> they a, just a wanna, little they funny. Just rebel against the yeah, things that we try to teach concept. Them. Yeah, exactly. So Hulk is one of their first allies. And then Miss Marvel is one of their allies as well. And I'm really happy to see them having Miss Marvel be in one of these shows that's geared more towards children because I feel like yeah. that's a breakout character that, you know, she's really cool. Did you see the Miss Marvel live action show that Disney Plus put out? The TV show? I started watching it and I really wanted to finish it. 
but I did not. I really liked it. Like that in Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, like there are some really awesome shows led by women of color in the MCU uh, yeah. that I'm so excited are here and that Rebel gets to see those examples of people other than people who look like her being heroes. Season two is when they introduce both Iron Man and Sandman. Really? Yeah. And this is what this is what blew my mind because I just learned after watching this show and not looking at the credits, just letting it autoplay. I this whole time did not know who voiced Iron Man or Sandman. Dylan, would you like to take a guess? If you had to cast a voice of a famous yes. actor, not currently, not at the peak of their fame right now, but someone who oh, was gosh. at one point pretty famous. If you had to cast the voice of Iron Man with that condition who would you go with oh uh, gosh what's his name someone not at the peak of, i'm thinking of gosh what is his name it's it's on the tip of my tongue he's definitely not uh, at the peak of his fame because you cannot remember his name yeah exactly ah uh, hold on hold on i'm gonna look it up Can you describe uh, the man who's eluding uh, you david schwimmer that's who i was david thinking. schwimmer really is iron man i don't know Someone who I is guess, not at the I don't peak know. of his I guess fame. I just used to his Ross voice. I haven't seen him do much other than Friends. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of more when he played the Papa Kardashian in the OJ show in American Crime Story. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah. Good catch, man. Deep cut. I did not yeah, think yeah. that at all because it's not a thing I ever think about. Yeah. See, there you go. Yeah. No, I, I want you to think of, I'm going to give you one more guess, and I want you okay. to think of someone who fits all those boxes, but is cooler. But is cooler? <laughs> yeah, like being cool is kind of one of their things, you know? Like, they're kind of famous because they're just kind of a cool dude. Gosh. Like Elvis-style cool, you know? Like that kind of vibe. Okay, okay. So, it's not Bob Odenkirk, is it? But no, man, I thought I gave the house away with that hint. No, no. Oh, Elvis. Are you talking about Austin Butler? Who, Austin the guy Butler? who played Elvis? No, not the guy I who know. played Elvis in the movie where Tom Hanks is in a fat suit. No. No. no okay. <laughs> who is it? John Stamos. Oh, oh. No, he was Uncle John Jesse. St he was cool, you know? All right, all right, all right. I I would never consider John Stamos. I mean, I get it. I get what you're saying. He's not at the peak of his fame. Not at the peak of the fame. I saw John Stamos play with the Beach Boys in Appleton, Wisconsin at the Timber Rattler cool. Stadium. Cool. It was a bad show. <laughs> it was not good. I, I remember being so bored that we went and got ice cream while my dad watched. Now, I was, was one probably, who wanted to go. No, we're probably there I for your dad. He probably Boys. used one of those Neil Young rolling papers before. Uh, yeah, maybe, go. maybe. Yeah, but I, I was the one who was a fan of the Beach Boys, so I was excited. Not impressed. Oh, and man. I've seen the Beach Boys twice. So I've seen them once, actually, which is surprising. Yeah. Yeah, it was at Ravinia, that outdoor concert oh, space. Oh, really? Yeah. And they were playing wow. with, like, the Four Seasons or something like that. Like, it was oh, a, yeah, that sounds about right. a cool ticket. I've been hearing Iron Man's voice in the show and thinking to myself, boy, who is that? Who is that? That sounds so familiar. Why do I know this voice? Yeah. And it, to find out that it's John Stamos, John I now Stamos. know why it was familiar. Not because of Full House, but because John Stamos narrates the entire audio tour of graceland Doesn't when you go really? to graceland elvis's house you can get an audio tour they give you headphones and a tablet that hangs around your neck and as you walk around the house john stamos narrates what's around no you and he talks at about the pace that you're walking on the tour so everything syncs up really well but you can also like use the tablet to go back or switch rooms or pause or whatever See, it, it doesn't help that i've never been to graceland but that's nuts 
I, well, it makes sense. He's a huge Elvis fan, and I think Uncle Jesse's character was too in Full House. Uh, but man, I gotta tell you, going to Graceland is a weird experience because oh, you I get there it. and you're like, oh yeah, cool, Graceland, Elvis, yeah, picture outside the gate, it's iconic. Oh. Let's go up to this old house. Oh, this is really cool. It's all preserved. All this furniture is vintage from the, the day. Wow. Oh, this is so cool. Oh, Elvis had a, a viewing room. Oh, look at this. Oh, and this is like a little music studio that he had at home so we could practice and stuff like that. That's so cool. And you're going through all this really cool stuff and you're hearing all these cool memories about Elvis and who he was as a person. And then you get to the very end of the tour and there is his grave. Uh, <laughs> his actual fucking grave <laughs> along with i think Amazing. like his mother's and his wife and, like there's he's got family buried with him and they're all just there so you're going through this tour you're listening to john stamos and then you walk oh, outside gosh. and all of a sudden it's just boom hey by the way elvis's dead body is six feet below you right here there you go it was a, nice. I, I was not expecting that transition you know no, oh, that's a that's a jarring transition to say the least. Look at let's celebrate this guy's life. Oh, here's his dead body. There you go. I mean, you don't see it unless you have X-ray vision. Well, yeah, exactly. But still, but still, you don't. You don't, yeah. you don't. I did not anticipate, and I should have known that. Apparently, it's common knowledge that he is buried there, but I just wasn't. You know, I I knew he was buried there. I did not expect it to be part of the tour. But the very end of the tour. I mean, sense. how are you going to top it? You know. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Death is the end i suppose <laughs> yes yes death <laughs> is the end should we just end it there i don't know <laughs> No, we can't end it there. We can't end it there. No, we can't. Death is not the we end can't. because remember how I talked about hating how Sandman's character is realized yeah. in this show and how uh, the voice actor made choices where I'm like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. It's a little bad having said that because now I know who the voice actor is and I actually love the guy's work. Tom Wilson. Tom Fifth Wilson. Thank for Back you. to the Future. Thank or you. Buford Mad Dog Tannen for Back to the Future Part yeah. 3. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's the voice of Sandman. Oh, that's he's amazing. He's the voice of the worst iteration of Sandman. Oh, that's too bad. But that's amazing. I don't have anything more prepared. So. <laughs> <laughs> should we talk about death some more? Should we talk about death some more? <laughs> nah, nah, I'm in therapy, so I'd rather just... Yeah, not, that's good know, enough. To that's good enough. That's We want to say thank you to our kids, Mal and Rebel. We want to thank our wives, Amy and Michelle. We want to thank Kevin Alves and Big Talk Podcasts. And we want to thank Jason Moody for our theme song. Come back and catch us next time on... Blah, blah, blah. Big talk.